0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 407 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And it's a very, very exciting day here for hockey fans really around the world. It is Wednesday morning as I'm recording this, and that means that the start of free agency is mere hours away. It's going to be a complete free-for-all, I'm sure, just like it is every single season. And the Rangers figure to be a bit more active this year than they were in years past, or at least this most recent season. Of course, last year, when free agency began, the only moves that they really made were bringing in Jack Johnson and Kevin Rooney. I do expect them to be more active, bring in some guys that can really help this team this season. Hopefully it happens. And I know a lot of people were upset about the Pavel Buchnevich to St. Louis trade, and You know, I'm kind of with you because I think that if you were going to trade Bucinavich, it might have been better served as part of a big package to bring back an already established NHL star. Of course, that's a lot easier said than done. But be that as it may, the Rangers lost a very, very popular player. And now, if you're a Ranger fan, you basically just have to keep your fingers crossed that, well, hopefully this at least leads to something else. Hopefully this is one of many dominoes to fall and the Rangers can help themselves via free agency here today. One move that we already know that the Rangers are going to make, or at least it's been very widely reported and it sounds like it's basically a done deal is that the Rangers will be signing 29-year-old lefty defenseman Patrick Namath. He is an unrestricted free agent from the Colorado Avalanche. As of right now, we do not know the years and the dollars, but on its face, I do like this move for the Rangers. We talked about how the Rangers were looking to bring in a veteran defenseman to kind of complement uh, the youth movement that's going on on the blue line. As we've mentioned before on this podcast, the oldest defenseman currently under contract for the Rangers is Jacob Truba, and he's just 27 years old. And beyond that, you've got a bunch of guys who are 23, 22, and in some cases, even younger. I believe Ke'Andre Miller right now is 21. So I like the idea of bringing in a guy that's a little bit older, uh, somebody who's been in the playoffs a handful of times throughout his career. And I think Patrick Namath, a big, tough, physical, stay-at-home defenseman. He kind of fits the bill for what the Rangers were looking for. We did kind of look at some other potential New York Ranger free agent targets. We mentioned guys like Alec Martinez, but he re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. We mentioned guys like Adam Larson, but he was taken by the Seattle Kraken. Tyson Berry, it sounds like, is going to be staying with the Oilers. He's getting a three-year deal Reportedly worth somewhere in the 4 to $5 million range. Alec Martinez with the Knights got three years at an average annual value of $5.25 million. And the reason I bring all this up is because, first of all, these are free agent or potential free agent targets that are now off the table for the Rangers. But it also sort of sets the market as far as what kind of a deal the Rangers could be giving to Patrick Namath and or what other defensemen around this league could be worth. And I think, you know, given the fact that guys like Alec Martinez and Tyson Berry are just getting three-year deals, I would imagine that this deal between the Rangers and Patrick Namath might be somewhere in the two-year to maybe three-year range, I feel like you can have him on a shorter-term contract, use him as kind of a stopgap option on the blue line for a couple of years moving forward as some of these younger guys in the Rangers system continue to develop, guys like Ke'Andre Miller, guys like Zach Jones, guys like Tarmo Reunanan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of reminds me of a couple of former Ranger defensemen over the last decade or so, you know, guys like Keith Yandel, Guys like Nick Holden, guys like John Moore, guys who were here as, once again, kind of stopgap options. They were always just going to kind of be short-term Rangers, or at least that's what it seemed like. And all those guys only ended up being here for about two seasons apiece, and... I think it could be something very similar here with Patrick Namath. But for anybody who's kind of unfamiliar with Patrick Namath, I figure we might as well just kind of go through his career path real quick here and then kind of discuss his fit with the New York Rangers. The first thing that catches your eye, uh, for anybody who, again, might not be that familiar with Patrick Namath, he hasn't really crossed paths with the Rangers all that often in his career, given that he's played with the Stars, the Red Wings, and the Avalanche. Those are the three teams that he's been on thus far. But again, the first thing that catches your eye, he stands six foot three. 228 pounds, so he is an absolute beast. More on that in a second. Uh, But as far as his origins in the NHL, he was drafted in the second round by the Dallas Stars back in 2010, going number 41 overall. He made his NHL debut in 2013-2014 played mostly in the NHL with the Stars, but he did kind of split his time between the NHL and the AHL. Had something of a difficult time becoming a truly established NHL regular with the Dallas Stars, and then the Stars actually placed him on waivers at the beginning of the 2017-2018 season. He was claimed by the Colorado Avalanche, which turned out to be a really nice move for the Avs because Namath, from that point on, basically has never looked back. He has not played a single AHL game since then. He is stuck in the NHL with the Colorado Avalanche, and also with the Detroit Red Wings, he kind of got a reputation as being a uh, very physical, very smart defenseman, a guy that you can really trust back there, a guy who's just going to be a steady blue liner. And I think that's what the Rangers were looking for here. So I do think it's a great fit. Um, after he had his first stint with the Colorado Avalanche, he signed a two-year deal as a free agent with the Detroit Red Wings in 2019 played a season and a half with the Red Wings, got traded back to the Avalanche in the middle of this past season as kind of a rental, and that brings us to now with him once again being a free agent and supposedly primed to sign with the New York Rangers, but he has now played 366 career NHL games. He has scored eight goals and dished out 50 assists. Of course, points are not really his calling card. He is a true, bonafide, rock-solid stay-at-home defense and not going to chip in offensively all that often, but that's fine because we've got plenty of of two-way defensemen on this Ranger team, guys who can give you some offense. So it's fine to have somebody who's just a a big guy, a big hitter, and somebody who's just going to stay at home and look to take care of business on his side of the rink. He is a plus 19 for his career. And here are a couple of stats that I think people are really going to like in his 366 career NHL games. Namath has dished out 517 hits. I actually expected that total to be a little bit higher, but here's a stat that you absolutely have to love. And that is the simple fact that in his 366 career games, he has blocked 601 shots. So somebody who clearly is not afraid to, you know, throw himself in the way of a slap shot, just kind of feels like an old school gritty NHL player. And I haven't seen him play a whole lot, but again, to me, on the surface, this seems like it is exactly what the Rangers are looking for. Somebody, a defenseman in their late 20s or early 30s, who has a lefty shot, is a big guy, is kind of a stay-at-home type, can kind of be a little bit of a big brother to some of the Ranger defensemen in the room, somebody who's got at least some Stanley Cup playoff experience. And Namath checks all those boxes, and it kind of continues this off-season theme with Chris Jury in the Ranger front office looking to make this team bigger, stronger, stronger, tougher to play against, more physical, just a little bit nastier. And I think, you know, again, Patrick Namath is going to be a really, really nice fit for the Rangers. I probably see him lining up as the bottom pairing defenseman, because I think you would have certainly Ryan Lindgren and Ke'Andre Miller ahead of him on the depth chart on that left side there. But again, I do think this is a really, really nice pickup for the Rangers. They needed to add a veteran defenseman. They could have maybe swung for the fences with somebody like Alec Martinez if he hit the open market. Ditto for guys like Adam Larson and maybe even Dougie Hamilton, although now it's looking like Dougie Hamilton is going to be signing with the New Jersey Devils. But instead, they kind of went into that second or maybe even third tier here. And they brought in somebody who can really help this team, but they did it without kind of handcuffing themselves as far as any other moves that they're looking to make in free agency in the short term today or, you know, long term, trying to re-sign their own guys, whatever it might be. They didn't make a move. They didn't bring in a defenseman for, you know, $5 million or $6 million a season and kind of handcuff themselves as far as other moves that they're looking to make either in the short term or the long term. So I love this signing. And we will continue to talk about Patrick Namath in the days and weeks ahead, and kind of look into how he might fit in with this New York Ranger team. But as I'm recording this, free agency is just about to start. We are literally just minutes away here. I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of you guys are excited as well. And we'll see what the Rangers look to do. And we will be back to talk about that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So it's about 1230 right now. The Rangers have yet to make any other moves in free agency. But to just kind of put a bow on the talk about Patrick Namath for right now, he's actually coming off of a two-year contract that paid him slightly more as far as average annual value is concerned than the one that he just signed with the Rangers. This contract of his that just expired was for $6 million over two years. So $3 million average annual value, obviously. And then the contract that he just signed with the New York Rangers, we've just found out it's officially official. He has signed a deal for three years with an average annual value of $2.5 million. So the average annual value goes down a little bit for Namath. The total money goes up a little bit. It'll be $7.5 million instead of $6 million. And it's also a bit of an escalating contract. And what I mean by that is Namath, in the first year of his deal with the Rangers, will make $1.5 million. In the second year, he will make $2.5 million. And in the third and final year, he will make $3.5 million. He also has an eight-team no-trade list. So there are eight teams. We don't know which eight teams they are, but there are eight teams with whom he can block a trade if the Rangers decide that they want to trade him at any point in his New York Ranger tenure. Again, is this somebody who's going to the Hall of Fame? Is this somebody who's going to be a perennial all-star? I would have to say no to both of those things, but once again, I do think he checks off a lot of the boxes as far as what the Rangers were looking for from a veteran defenseman, and I think it's a very reasonable price and a really nice signing for the Rangers, and like I said, hopefully it leads to them doing some other things as this day continues here. It is now 12.52 on Wednesday afternoon and we got another New York Ranger free agent signing to report here. They have picked up unrestricted free agent defenseman Jared Tenorti. Tenorti played for the Boston Bruins last season, also played with the Nashville Predators. And I got to say, I love this signing as well. There is absolutely zero risk attached to it when you consider the fact that they're paying him just $900,000 per season over the next two years. He's 29 years old. And the Rangers were not joking when they talked about their desire to get a bigger, tougher, more physical team. Because for anybody who might not be familiar to Norty, and certainly he's not a household name or anything like that. In fact, he's played just 102 career NHL games at the age of 29. But Tenorti stands as six. 230 pounds. He is another left-handed shooting defenseman. He is the stay-at-home type. Somebody who's going to go out there and throw his weight around a little bit. 102 career NHL games. He has scored one goal and dished out 12 assists. He has also played an additional 13 Stanley Cup playoff games, including four this past season with the Boston Bruins. But again, points are clearly not this guy's calling card. He's out there to be a big, tough, physical stay-at-home defenseman. In his 102 career NHL games, he is a minus 14. He has dished out 225 hits and blocked 122 shots. Now, one thing that we should point out to be just completely fair here is the fact that Tenordi actually was a former first-round draft pick. He was taken number 22 overall by the Montreal Canadiens back in 2010. So at 29 years of age, I think it is fair for us to say that Tenorti has not hit his career expectations. I mean, you take somebody in the first round, you're looking for a game changer. You're looking for somebody who's going to be one of the pillars of your franchise going forward. Obviously, it didn't work out that way for Tenorti, and he's kind of settled into this sort of AHL-NHL swingman role for all the different teams that he's played for. And he's gone from the Canadians to the Coyotes to the Predators to the Bruins. He's played for all four of those franchises in his NHL career. So obviously, he has not yet met the hype that comes with being a first-round overall pick. But Given that the Rangers are not signing him to be a franchise changer and not signing him to be somebody that's going to spearhead or run to the Stanley Cup, I think this is an excellent signing. Again, you're not really signing him with these massively high expectations. You're bringing him in to basically be a number seven overall defenseman on your team, somebody that can kind of slide in and out of the lineup on an as-needed basis. And on top of that, this guy's as big as a house. So, like, you know, if you're playing a team— Uh, a rivalry game, you know, maybe the Capitals, the Islanders, the Flyers, whoever it might be, then I think certainly maybe Tenorti finds his way into the lineup, although that might be difficult given the fact that he is a left-handed defenseman, and you now have Ryan Lindgren, Ke'Andre Miller, and Patrick Namath all firmly ahead of him on the depth chart. And, you know, kind of looking at Tenorti's career trajectory and all the stops that he's made and everything that he kind of brings to the table, I almost see him as sort of like a poor man's Patrick Namath, and that sounds like an insult. I don't mean it as an insult, but it sort of seems to me like they're cut from the same cloth. They bring a similar skill set to the table. These are guys that are going to be physical, stay-at-home defensemen, and throw their weight around. I would expect, if everybody's healthy on the New York Ranger blue line, that Tonorti would not be in the lineup on most nights. He kind of has healthy scratch written all over him, I would think. But if there's an injury uh, to any of the left-handed defensemen, the left— defenseman on the New York Rangers, and knock on wood that that doesn't happen, but if Ryan Lindgren has to sit out a game, if Keandre Miller has to sit out a game, if Patrick Namath has to sit out a game, then I think it's pretty likely that we may see Jared Tenorti uh, slotted into the lineup in place of one of those guys, and again, for a depth signing, it's extremely low risk. It's zero risk, really. I mean, you're only paying this guy $900,000 over the next two seasons, so uh, I think it's a really Another nice signing by Chris Jury and the Ranger front office here, but we'll continue to kind of track what the Rangers do for the rest of the day here and see if they make any uh, big splashes in free agency uh, before the day is over. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, So if anyone is feeling nostalgic, we've got some good news for you right now, and that is the simple fact that as of 1.36 p.m. here on Wednesday afternoon, Greg McKeg is going to be coming back to the Rangers on a one-year, $700,000 contract. is a two-way deal. Half of it is guaranteed, so it sounds like McKeg might be in a position where he's a little bit of a swingman between the Rangers and the Hartford Wolfpack. He was with the Bruins for most of this past season, although he was also injured for most of this past season, so as a result... He only played five games in the NHL and two games in the AHL, and again, this is not the kind of franchise-altering, make-a-run-to-the-Stanley Cup kind of move that I think a lot of Ranger fans are hoping that the team makes before today is over, but... For what this is, just another depth signing and bringing back a familiar face, somebody that was with the team uh, just the season before the one that just concluded here. I think this is fine. Greg McCaig did a decent job for the Rangers while he was here. He is a bona fide fourth liner. I don't think there's any upside whatsoever when it comes to Greg McCaig, but be that as it may, again, he's here to be a fourth liner, be a physical presence, throw his weight around a little bit, and he's one of those guys that's kind of kind of beyond the roster bubble, I would think, going into opening night. He'll have a chance to make the opening night roster, but certainly I don't think anything is going to be given to him. But now, you know, you look at that fourth line and you could line up in some kind of facet with... Probably Kevin Rooney at center, Greg McKaig at one of the wings, you know, McKaig can play center or wing, and then also Sammy Blay on the other wing, the left wing, and so that sounds to me like a pretty physical, pretty solid fourth line, a lot of guys who can kill some penalties, uh, be strong in the four check, things like that. So yeah, again, it's not going to be one of the biggest highlights of Free Agent Frenzy 2021 There aren't going to be people, a ton of people outside of this podcast or any other Ranger podcasts or Ranger reporters talking about Greg McKaig coming back to the Rangers. But again, for just an inexpensive swingman between the AHL and the NHL, it's absolutely fine. I'm happy to welcome Greg McKaig back to the New York Rangers. And it also kind of fulfills one of my off-season wishes. I was kind of hoping that the Rangers would bring back a former New York Ranger back to the team this season. Greg McKeg fits that description. And I tweeted this just a second ago, but I think by the time it's all said and done, Greg McKeg might play for just about every single team in the NHL. Because if you look at his career path here, let me just run through the list of teams that he's played for for you guys. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Carolina Hurricanes. The New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, and now back to the New York Rangers for his second stint with the team. 190 career NHL games, 19 goals, 15 assists, so 34 points in the 190 games. But like we just talked about, not really about the offensive production when it comes to Gray McKeg. Uh, he's also skated an additional 18 playoff games and scored two goals during that time. And I thought, you know, when the Rangers had their return to play deal that was going on and the NHL did that wild. 2014 playoff tournament, uh, obviously not this season, but the season before, Greg McHague was in the lineup for those games against the Carolina Hurricanes. And I actually thought he played pretty well in that series. And you had to look long and hard to find any Ranger who enjoyed really even a decent series against the Canes that season. I think McHague was one of them. He had a physical presence, looked engaged for the entire series. And overall, I thought just played pretty good hockey in those three games. Uh, small sample size, though it may have been. So it's 2.03 p.m. and we've got some Ranger news that's not really Ranger news, but it kind of affects the team and what they might be doing as more and more dominoes continue to fall here on Free Agent Frenzy 2021. And that is the fact that Philip Deneau has signed with the Los Angeles Kings a six-year deal worth an average annual value of $5.5 million dollars. Now, depending on how you feel about Jack Eichel, and we've barely even talked about him so far today, in fact, I think this is the first time we're mentioning him, and we're almost 20 minutes into the episode, but all's kind of quiet on the Jack Eichel front. I do think if the Rangers had signed Philip Deneau, then they probably would have been completely out on Jack Eichel, and depending on your feelings about Jack Eichel, you're probably either happy or upset about the fact that the Rangers pass on Philip Deneau. But I will say, you know, I like Philip Deneau. He was one of my favorite Free agent targets coming into this offseason. I cooled off on him a, just a little bit when the Rangers brought in Barkley, Goodrow, and Sammy Blay to a lesser extent as well, because, you know, I, I kind of had Philip DeNo pegged as that third line center, and that's a role that I think now is going to be filled by Barclay Goodrow. And I will say, you know, paying Philip DeNo, I really like him. I really like his game. Uh, I think he was a big part of the Montreal Canadiens making it as far as they did, but. Six years at an average annual value of $5.5 million. That does seem a little bit pricey for Philip Deneau. I will admit that. And so the Rangers pass on somebody that was one of my favorite free agent targets. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I also understand why uh, they didn't want to pony up that kind of dough for Philip Deneau. No pun intended there with the names. But uh yeah, I mean, that's kind of the long and short of what's going on with Philip. to know he will not be coming to the New York Rangers. And we will continue to see what the Rangers do the rest of this day. And we'll see if they make that big, big splash that I think a lot of us are kind of hoping for and waiting for and keeping our fingers crossed that it indeed comes to fruition. And we will see uh, what happens for the rest of the day here. And I think we can go ahead and wrap up for today by talking about two now former Rangers who have signed with other teams. Tony D'Angelo has signed a one-year deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was never going to get more than a one-year deal from anyone, you know, given everything that happened over this past season. I feel like the Canes are in a spot where they're trying to soften the blow of losing to Dougie Hamilton. Of course, Hamilton signing a seven-year deal with the New Jersey Devils. Hamilton is the better defensive defenseman of the two, but I suppose Tony D'Angelo is If all goes well for him there, which is a big if, but if that happens, I suppose he can at least kind of uh, make up for some of the lost offense that Dougie Hamilton's absence is going to create. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, listen, he's had a lot of opportunities. He's had a lot of chances uh, throughout his career in hockey. He really needs to make the most of this one because if he goes in there and there's any kind of issues of any sort— I'm not so sure he's going to get another chance, which would be crazy given the talent that he possesses and the fact that I believe still just 25 years old can't be older than 26. So Tony D'Angelo on his way to the hurricanes. And then we've also got Philip Giuseppe signing with the Vancouver Canucks. He signs a two-way contract worth $750,000 in the NHL and $450,000 in the AHL. And, it's interesting with Phil Di Giuseppe because when you look at everything that the Rangers have done today, it's a lot of depth pieces and a lot of kind of grinded out, gritty type players. So bringing back Philip Di Giuseppe, especially when you see that he just got seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars—that's all it would have taken apparently to re-sign Di Giuseppe—it's almost. It almost kind of leaves you wondering, like, why didn't the Rangers do this? Because it seems like he fits the profile of what they're looking for. Uh, But be that as it may, he's on his way to Vancouver. All the best to him. I hope that he's able to carve out an every-night role in the lineup. You know, there were times during his Ranger tenure where I felt like he was undeservedly a healthy scratch. There were times where he wouldn't be dressed, and there were less deserving players than him in the lineup. So I'm not really all that surprised that he's on his way. But nice to see that, you know, he got a contract on the first day of free agency, and Should have every opportunity to make the Vancouver Canucks opening night roster. We'll see how that shakes out for Phil DiGiuseppe. But obviously nothing but the best for him. And then we have one more signing for the Rangers around 2.23 p.m. here on Wednesday. Uh, Dryden Hunt signed as an unrestricted free agent with the New York Rangers. Uh, I wanted to wait to record this because I just wasn't sure if any other big news was going to be forthcoming, if the Rangers might end up striking that trade for Jack Eichel. All is still very, very quiet on the Jack Eichel front. As of now, it's almost 6 p.m. as I'm recording this. Uh, but as for Dryden Hunt, again, he kind of just fits the theme, this offseason long theme that the Rangers have had where they're trying to make this team stronger, stronger, tougher, more physical, all that good stuff. Dryden Hunt, for anybody not familiar with him, is a left winger. He spent the first three seasons of his NHL career with the Florida Panthers and then spent this past season, 2020-2021, with the Arizona Coyotes. He was undrafted and in 89 career NHL games, he has scored six goals and dished out 17 assists while mostly playing a bottom six role. So 23 points in 89 career games. He is 6 feet tall, 193 pounds, and in his 89 career games, he is a minus 11 overall. He has dished out 218 hits, so that does tend to stand out a little bit and also block 25 shots in that time And again, it's a nice—I feel like this is getting very redundant, but this is a nice depth piece for the Rangers, somebody who could be in the mix for an opening night roster spot. It is a two-way contract, so it's entirely possible that he starts a season with the AHL, with the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, But I'm sure, you know, Gerard Gallant can at least allow him to compete for an opening night roster spot. The thing that's kind of working against Dryden Hunt is the simple fact that he joins an already very crowded— group of wingers and he's a left winger and I don't see any way that he can really crack that opening night roster assuming that everybody's healthy because correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think Dryden Hunt is going to be starting over Artemi Panarin, Alexi Lafreniere, or Chris Kreider and probably not Sammy Blay either. I would think all four of those guys firmly entrenched ahead of Dryden Hunt on the depth chart. I suppose you never know maybe Dryden Hunt can play some right wing if the occasion calls for it but as of now this signing is what it is. It's organizational depth. And it looks like that's going to pretty much wrap up the first day of free agency. Obviously, there's still some players out there. There could still be some trades being made. We'll keep our eye on everything happening with Jack Eichel. We'll keep our eye on if the Rangers look to sign Mika Zibanejad long term. I think it's probably one or the other. It might be hard to, if not impossible, to both sign Mika Zibanejad long-term and also acquire Jack Eichel. I just don't know how you fit all, the, all these moving parts in underneath the salary cap. So we'll keep our eye on that. Maybe Adam Fox gets an extension at some time, although he is going into the third and final year of his entry-level contract. So it's not like the Rangers have to do that. But you guys, anyone who's been listening, you know my thoughts on that. If I had it my way, the Rangers would sit down with Mika Zibanejad, hammer out a long-term contract and not have to trade for Jack Eichel. I mean, listen, Jack is a fantastic player. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't at least somewhat intrigued by bringing him to the New York Rangers. But when you consider everything that you would have to give up to acquire Jack Eichel, when you've got a player who is probably just as good as Jack Eichel in a lot of assets of the game in Mika Zibanejad, you've got this guy already in house. You wouldn't have to give anything up to get him. I think that's the better option of the two. I've made my thoughts very clear on that, but obviously we will continue to track everything going on with free agency and uh, see what the Rangers look to do. The one thing that I think was missing today, and I, you know, being on social media, there's a lot of fans that are kind of wishing and and lamenting the fact that the Rangers didn't do anything all that big, all that splashy. I agree. You know, I thought something bigger was coming. I thought there would be a bigger name free agent to sign with this team at some point today, and maybe there still will be, but it is 6 p.m. now, and you know, obviously, the dust is being to settle at least a little bit. And all I can say is, I'm with you. I did think that there would be a, at least one somewhat splashy move for the Rangers. But even though they didn't do that, I think that they brought in a lot of really solid depth pieces today, and they have made this team a little bit better than it was 24 hours ago. And again, you're completely entitled to your opinion and probably even in the right to have expected the Rangers to... Bring in a little bit of a bigger name than what we saw today. But who's to say what's going to happen for sure? Trades can still be made, and uh, there are still some free agents out there. So uh, we'll continue to track all this going forward. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time.